this week's Talking Codswallop. I am Gemma. I'm James. And we have got a special guest with us this evening and we're super, super excited. So thank you ever so much for this guest. I have got a little intro for you, so don't worry. Um, our guest this week shot to fame at the tender age, of ni- tender age of 19 with a song that brings smiles and air punches to the world. But he is more than just one song one song um he's a singer a songwriter an actor a podcaster james would actually call him a multi-talented threat (laughs) so please all join us by throwing our metaphorical pants at the one and only chesney hawks (laughs) hey guys hey that was a nice intro thank you (laughs) thank you (laughs) why wouldn't you throw your actual pants that's what i want to know why why they have to be metaphorical I can answer that because for Gemma, it probably wouldn't have been a problem, but I worked out if I threw my pants in the direction, it would more than likely knock my camera off the monitor. So, Oh, fair was... enough. Okay, well, let's leave the pants out of it then, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Could have been messy. <laughs> yeah, because I actually, yeah, I was actually planning on um, throwing some underwear at you, but, uh, you know, but uh, if James wasn't on board, then I felt a bit silly doing it, so... <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I've got enough underwear, so you don't need to give me yours. No, no, absolutely (laughs) not. So how are you doing on this um, fine Monday, well, morning for you, isn't it? Yeah, good. Uh, um, I'm uh, up and about to knocking out podcasts. I've got my own to do straight after it, as soon as Ah. I've done yours. So... uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's nice to be home. I'm, I'm, this is a, a one a one week um, at home that I rarely get these days. So it's uh, it's nice to be home with the family, yeah. or some of the family. A lot of my family are actually uh, different parts of the world, but at least I'm with my wife and my dogs and one of my sons. Oh, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so obviously we've got a few questions to sort of ask you. And also just to check as well, I should have done this before. Um, how long have you got, by the way? Um, oh, look at that. I managed to blur my background. I think that's better. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's oh, no problem okay. at all. Yeah, yeah, so it's just okay. I'll keep an eye on the clock then. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Um, yeah, I'm just curious where does where does the name Chesney actually come from? Uh, I was named after a guy called Chesney Allen, who was um, a singer and comedian in the, I think in the in the forties. Um, he was in a, a a comedy troupe called the Crazy Gang. Okay, um, and he had a very a, a famous uh, duo comedy duo with a guy called Bud Flanagan. So they were called Flanagan and Allen, and Chesney Allen was uh, was kind of like the straight man of the two. Okay. Uh, they had a hit record actually. One uh, one really big song called "Underneath the Arches." I don't know if you know that song. I d- I'm not Underneath familiar. Underneath the no. Arches, I have to be honest, no. it's a very old song, you know. From uh, it was my he was my granddad's uh, favorite. So um, yeah, I was named after him, Chesney Allen. Ah, and so you were always destined to have um, at least one hit, but you know, you you are, like I said in the intro, you are more than one hit. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) So I always like to ask, where does your story begin? Where does the Chesney Hawks story begin? Tell us a bit about your your early life. Well, I grew grew up in a a very rock and roll household. My dad was a a rock star, you know, he was in the the Tremolos. Tremolos. Mm -hmm. Very big band in the 60s and 70s. Um, and uh, so, you know, my, my upbringing was very kind of liberal um, and uh, and crazy rock and roll. Dad's friends were all 60s superstars and uh, guitars propped up in every corner and all that kind of stuff. So so I kind of grew up in, uh, in that kind of um, crazy rock and roll world. And, uh, you know, dad, dad always says I came out singing. <laughs> so <laughs> it, you know i don't know if it was destined but like i i never i never had any other um inclination to do anything else you know and so music was very much uh you know f- uh, i guess front and center in the household my brother's a drummer my sister's a singer as well and uh we were we were never going to become accountants put it that way yeah <laughs> does your did what? your oh sorry does my your mum ever sort of get well, she probably thinks you're the favourite in a way because you at least did some of the acting side of things. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, my mum yeah. was also an actress. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she, um, yeah, she had a, a little, quite a lot of success as a as a young uh, actress. Um, she was in uh, the Young Ones with the uh, with Cliff Richard, and uh, she 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 did a quite a few little bits in in things like Budgie and. She starred in a film called the, ha- the Haunted House of Horror, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she did all sorts of things. And she was also one of the Golden Girls on a show called The Golden Shot, which some of your older listeners would know. Um, so y- yeah, I, I would I, listen. We don't have favourites, do we? That's not possible. <laughs> but my mum does. <laughs> it's not Is my it brother. You, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends who she's talking to. She always says, "Yeah, I'm her favourite." daughter and my brother's my uh, her favorite son well, yeah there you but... go i always say that to my daughter as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> it gets a bit tricky though if you've got two sons they just say yeah, you're exactly. my favorite son <laughs> I say, you're my favorite son called casey ah <laughs> <laughs> there's always a way around it <laughs> so it's almost like you you kind of did a bit of a mind read of what my next question was going to be because obviously your father was in the industry did it, it might sound like an odd question but were you aware of how big he was when you were younger? Or was he, was he just like, oh, his daddy just does something that's musical? And Well, I think there was probably a time when I started to realise um, that, you know, my family's not like a normal family uh, in that respect. You know, that da- I mean, Dad was, you know, he, he's, he was famous. Um, you know, and people used to recognise him in the streets and stuff like that. And, uh, um I do remember, and I was probably about nine, you know, eight or nine years old, asking him, you know, how famous, how famous were the tremolos, you know? And I remember asking that question. I was like, <laughs> were they, were they like as big as the Beatles? And he's like, oh, we were bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good dad answer. I, like I know, that. and I, re- I always remember that, you know, and I, like years later when I realised, oh, oh, right, so maybe. Maybe he was like he was playing with me there a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they were a huge band, but like obviously, yeah, they were. No, no they one's were. the Beatles, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they were. Am I, am I correct in thinking that the Tremors were signed to Decca over the Beatles? Yes, back in the right? early yeah. days, um, yeah. Decca. They, I guess, the Beatles and the Tremolos uh, um, auditioned on the same day or something like that, and. Uh, and uh, Decca chose the tremolos over the Beatles, and I honestly, I, I don't know what the, their reasoning was, except for I, I did hear that um, they liked the tremolos because they were a London-based band, and it was going to be cheaper for them to <laughs> to have them come down and like you know put them up and stuff like they wouldn't need accommodation things like that. So it could have literally just been, you know, where they were from. <laughs> could well be, but they were very, very good. So. Gemma, I'll hand over to you for the oh yeah. Also, we're ta- we're taking it in turns, but um, yeah. So don't. But yes, <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, you know, obviously you have fame so young. Um, what was it like, sort of coping with the good and bad press at the time? And also, can I just congratulate your dad for pouring a pint over Pierce Morgan's head as well? <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can. You can congratulate me for that. Yeah. Um, although I didn't do it. My dad uh, didn't. No, you congratulate your dad. Him. Sorry. Yeah yeah. 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 Sorry. Apologies. I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, so if it's not coming across properly, I do apologise. But yeah, it's <laughs> okay. Um, now, talking about my dad, you asked uh, how I coped with the good and the bad side of the press. Um, that yeah. was your question, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, now, my dad. Um, had been through all of that obviously so you know he i i have lasting memory of him giving me this one piece of advice was which was um don't believe any of it mm-hmm. you don't believe the good stuff you don't believe the bad stuff um you know you keep neutral because none of it's real um so i mean i did have very very uh you know good family unit to kind of keep me together with that kind of stuff and at the time i feel like it didn't get in um you know the bad stuff as it were but uh you know as time goes on you realize that you know these things do um you know infiltrate past past your thick skin <laughs> yeah. that you think you had and uh perhaps you have to go back and um you know work on on uh, these things and uh and realize that you know that wasn't normal and fame is not normal it's very yeah. unnatural uh and very weird state to be in um because 
most of the time, you know, you're, you're dealing with people that think that they know you, um, and have a certain, um, I don't know, they're in their own mind, a kind of, uh, a version of you that may not actually be real. Shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that piece of advice was really good, um, for me and has, has, has helped me, uh, all the way through my life, but it's also, kind of i've passed that on to the young artists that i've worked with over the over the years um mm. uh, you know coming coming into this business um because it's so true none of it matters uh, um it's all it's all unreal um and you know you have to you have to take everything that you read uh, with the pinch of salt whether it's you know glowing reviews and and love or you know the haters coming at you yeah <laughs> Yeah, because I found myself, because um, obviously I did a bit of a deep dive. I didn't, you know, do a massive, massive dive. Don't worry. <laughs> Not your new favorite stalker or anything like that. Don't worry. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I was found myself getting really kind of angry with all, you know, like with certain ones that I read or whatever. You know, obviously the yeah. positive stuff was good. But, you know, I was like, well, how can you be so mean about some, you know, one person? There's just yeah. no need to be mean about people i do think that you know these days it's it's harder for artists because they, they i didn't have to deal with uh social media you know yeah um, which is uh you can be anonymous and mean which i think is a is a very bad combination yes <laughs> uh yeah it's it's part you know it comes part and parcel with 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 that with fame and which i said before is you know it's a very unnatural state to be in but um you know, you're not going to please everyone and you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm all I'm doing is making music and, you know, I'm making art and, you know, one man's meat is another man's poison. And some people are going to love you and some people are going to hate you. It, yeah. And, it, it, you know, that's that's what comes with it. I'm afraid that's it's just you have to you have to kind of roll with those punches and uh, and, you know, try not to let the the kind of more nasty ones get in. Yes. Know? I think that's a really good positive takeaway a, from that, to be honest. Very good way of looking at it. Very good way of looking at it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, obviously, you know, you were only 19 when you were, when you were casting, uh, you know, but he's some, what, what was the whole casting process like behind that? Well, actually I was, I was only like, 17 uh, during oh, right. that process. Uh, Cause you know, these, <laughs> these things take a long time, you know. So when I first auditioned for Buddy Song, I was only 17. Uh, and it was literally an open casting call, you know, hundreds of boys, like an X Factor type of thing, I guess, you know, without the TV cameras. Um, and uh, I just auditioned, you know, just joined the back of the queue. And, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I the stars aligned for me, really. I, I was very lucky to be right for that role. I could... I could possibly have been Roger's son, you know, I was the right age. Uh, I, I could play guitar. I could, I could sing, I could play keyboards. Um, I'd never acted before in my life, but the character was quite similar in a way to me, you know, a, a young singer songwriter. And I mean, it was weird how many similarities there were between buddy, the character buddy and me, you know, like just silly little things like, like buddy's mother was called Carol. My mother's name, Carol. Yeah. Um, you know, in the in the film, um, Buddy's father uh, managed him his career for a little bit, and uh, you know, obviously that same thing uh, for me. My father managed me in my early early days. I don't know. It was just kind of like I, I. I mean, I'm a I am a believer in fate to a certain extent. You know, we we have, but I, you know, I do think that we kind of make our own destiny. But. Um, but in that in that particular instant, I think it was it was just one of those moments where it was meant to be, you know, and I just the stars aligned for me. And did you have any I mean you mentioned obviously you got to work with Roger Daltrey playing your father. Did, did you have any trepidation about working with somebody like a Roger Daltrey's magnitude? No, um, not at all. Um I, I always had uh people around me, you know, my dad's friends that uh, that were famous and had success and so you know throughout my whole life I, I never found fame weird I never found you know that kind of success uh, um, you know intimidating or anything like that um, I mean obviously Roger is a legend you know and and through that this whole process I got to meet all sorts of people I mean Pete Townsend was at that um, first at the car uh, 
the uh, casting uh, when I got through to some of the further rounds. You know, and I, was, I had to play guitar in front of Pete Townsend. You know, that was that was quite a nerve wracking, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can understand. I can appreciate yeah. that might be slightly tense. <laughs> yeah, but he was lovely, uh, and he's such a lovely man. And I've I've actually worked with Pete. You know, since since then, you know, um, on an, in a different way. You know, I've I've done some vocals for him, and he's a lovely man. So yeah, so yeah, I wasn't like you know completely intimidated or anything. Um, but uh, but Rogers, he's lovely, and uh, you know we're still staying in contact now. Brilliant. Now I am going to come to the question I'm sure you expect to ask, which is about the song "The One and Only." So that is obviously used within the film. Um, how much input did you get in with regard to other bits of music that were in the film? And was the one and only already in place? Do you know? Um, I actually, they were very cool. The, uh, the production company for the film, um, and, uh, management company. And, and obviously there's a lot of cooks involved in, uh, in making a film, especially a film like that, where there's, you know, an album to be made. And, uh, so, uh, they were very, very cool with me. As I said, I was very young, but they, they asked if I wanted to write for the project, which I did, um, and uh, ended up getting, you know, a few songs on that album, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, looking back was very kind of, uh, well, I, I say, I'd say forward thinking on their behalf, um, yeah. using, utilizing a young boy to write some of the songs, um, especially the one that was going to play Buddy, <laughs> Buddy, you know, it, yeah. it kind of, some of those songs came from me, you know, I mean, lyrically, they all came from uh, Nigel Hinton, who wrote the uh, the screenplay and the book and uh, and he wrote all the lyrics so mm-hmm. you know some some of them came from me musically um and i was very lucky to to have that kind of freedom to be able to do that um but uh the one and only uh, didn't come in, uh, along until much later on uh, we we'd already made the film um all the songs from the from the film um, were already on the album the record label just looking for potential you know potential other songs a couple of other songs maybe uh, as a single or whatever uh and that's when uh, we discovered the one and only um and and my real driving force behind wanting to to record that song was to get to meet Nick Kershaw um <laughs> Because uh, I was a huge fan as a teenager. Um, I can and, dig that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nick's yeah. amazing. Uh, you know, Human Racing's one of my favorites still of all time, that album. So I was just excited about the thought of possibly meeting Nick. And, um, <laughs> you know, it nearly didn't happen, to be honest with you, because we brought the, my dad found the, the song and uh, we brought the cassette. Do you remember those? Yes. Uh, to to <laughs> Abbey Road, where we were recording. And uh, we put it on Studio Three. Uh, Roger was there. Um, there was a bunch of the film producers were there. Um, you know the the record label. I mean, all sorts of people there. And it kind of went down like a lead balloon. Really, they, they were like, "Nah, it's it's not really kind of in keeping with the with the rest of the songs." And <laughs> yeah, not sure. And so I went home that day, kind of a little bit dejected and thinking, oh, Aww. I'm not going to get to meet Nick, am I? But um, I guess they rethought the 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 A&R man called over the weekend and said, yeah, I've been listening to this song. It's got something. Let's put the boys vocal on it, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so I found myself back at Abbey Road that, that week and uh, got to meet Nick and well, the rest is history, isn't it? Absolutely. It certainly is. And now, excuse me, I also wanted to ask, you had to do a music video for it, um, which had the singer Saffron in it and future Homes Under the Hammer uh, presenter Lucy Alexander in it as well. Um, That's right. So it's interesting when you see who else is in music videos. What memories do you have of, of making that? Well, a guy called Willie Smacks was the director who who went on to to work with Take That on a lot of their stuff. I mean, he's very very successful uh, film, uh, sorry, um, video director, mm-hmm. um, and a fantastic guy that I'm still in contact with now. Funnily enough, he's just a really lovely guy. Um, the the memories I have of making it, obviously, um, uh, meeting Safi. Well, back then I knew her as Sammy, Sammy Sprackling. As before, okay. she was known as as Saffron, and of course, years later, she went on to form Republica, and yeah, uh, yeah. and she was ready to go, as it were. And so, um, uh, you know, we, we I hadn't seen Safi for uh, years. I mean, decades, decades. And I was doing mm. a gig um, at Butlin's. Uh, where were we? 
I think we were up in Skegness and uh, they were on um, after us. And uh, it was his first time I'd seen her forever. And uh, and and back then, um, Sammy and I became quite close. Like we were fa- friends and uh, I, I had uh, I got her into the studio and was recording some of my songs with her. Um, and it was one of the first times she'd ever been in a studio. And I just had great, great memories of that. And, uh, you know, we just kind of lost touch. And I followed her career with, with, you know, I was so interested to see how she was doing. But then the other day when we bumped into each other, she was just the most emotional moment. But, you know, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> we were both kind of had tears in our eyes. We're like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so funny enough, she was a guest on our uh, podcast uh, last week. And so and we were talking about maybe, you know, working again together and, uh and and um, and you said about Lucy Alexander, mm-hmm. who uh, was also in the in the one and only video, um, has gone on to to be a t- a, ch- um, a TV presenter. She's yeah. now doing Homes Under the Hammer, as you said. You know, we stayed in contact via Twitter. I haven't actually seen her for a long time, but uh, you know, I'd say we're you know Twitter mates. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant that you've managed to stay in contact with people because, too, you know, certainly I'm sure in your line of work it's quite easy to meet someone and then never ever have contact with them again. So that's mm-hmm. really nice to hear that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You meet a lot so of people, relevant. but you, you know, the good ones and, uh, the yeah. ones that are meant to stick around. Um, yeah, they do, you know, and Saf- Saffron is definitely one of those people. She's a beautiful person. Uh, and, and also, you know, incredibly charitable and, uh, you know, she, she I, I wish her all the, the luck in the world. Cause I just love her to death. She's, she's great. And I love her voice. I love her kind of spirit. She's she's got a bit of a punk heart, you know. Yeah. Uh, her heroes are people like Toya and, uh, and Kate Bush and Stevie Nicks. Um, you know, just uh, she she's a, a powerful uh, woman in the music industry, and we need more of those. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I yeah, I quite like the sort of punk rock and metal kind of side of things as well myself so uh yeah i i know what you mean with regards to like it's quite nice to have more female um representation in those sort of fields as yeah, well of course, so, of course. Yeah. and you know there's a there's an amazing fraternity out there that uh um where would we be without kate bush you know where would yeah. we be without these people um you know and and saffron has held that mantle and uh and you know she still is holding that mantle and still making great great music and uh, representing and using her fame for incredibly good causes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Before before you just say something, I have to, a confession to make. Gemma doesn't know I'm going to say this, which is there was a a, a, t- a period when I was going out with a, a girl and I was in a bar and I had uh, you know I was going to get a drink and I had you know longer hair than I have now and I had. Chesney Hart's one that only shouted at me by somebody. <laughs> there, was, there was a similarity in look. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, who was young than me, not to be, you know, not to sound harsh, but she was, as I said, young than me. She wasn't entirely sure who you were. So I, because she said, why are they saying Chesney Hart? So I said, well, he's a very handsome, very talented musician. And without missing a beat, she looked at me and said, so why are they comparing you to him then? <laughs> <laughs> Which came back to me as we were preparing to do the interview with you. <laughs> You're a very handsome young man. <laughs> I mean, no compliment for me. All right, fine. Let's move on then. Well, yeah, and, until you come up with a story like that, Gemma, you know. <laughs> well, I have. I have oh, got yes. a few stories. Don't the you memories. worry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm gonna sort of do the the next question, but you know, we've, I don't know. Why I keep saying that actually. Do you know what? It's doing my head, and I, I think it's because you know, initially I was a little bit nervous, and now I'm just like withering instead. <laughs> so. Well, that's what that's what uh, you know, post production is about, right? You can always edit stuff in and out, can't you? Exactly, so. and I'm the editor, <laughs> so you know, James because James's story's gone. <laughs> For some reason he's gone. That's now. cut. That's cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any compliments you've given him gone. <laughs> <laughs> um it. so yeah with regards to the term one hit wonder um it, it, like how do you feel about that term is it something that sort of gets on your nerves a bit or is it 
Um, you cut out at the beginning. Did you, uh, oh, I presume that I presume that you were talking about the one hit wonder term. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Let me. Yes. I can ask it again. That's fine. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's like, how do you feel about the term one hit wonder? Um, yeah. Uh, was... I mean, you know, it's not it's not something that I would have liked to have uh, no have had following me around for for my whole career. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I understand why people, uh, you know, um, put me in that bracket. Um, mm. You know, most people know me for one song. Um, that's that's fine. You know, um, but what uh, what does tend to come with that is that uh, people think that's all you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so it's very often followed up with, uh, you know, well, didn't you only have one song, you know, or or, or some people that are, you know, would hear that I'm doing a, a gig or whatever and I'm playing for a doing an hour an hour and a half with my band or whatever and then and they're like well what did you do the same song 10 times I know, you know it's, yeah. it's that kind of it's that kind of attitude that it kind of comes with it that's annoying i don't mind i actually don't mind it um when people are respectful um yeah you know yeah. Uh, it's it's fine <laughs> you know sometimes these are the kind of things you have to take um with with fame uh, and you get pigeonholed by uh by these little phrases and and uh you know, it, what's funny about it to me is, you know, I sometimes when people are, you know, ask me about that song and, and ask me about that uh, that phrase, you know, I was like, well, how would you like to be defined mm -hmm. by six months of your life back when you were 19? <laughs> how would you like that? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Because um, that's what yeah. I, I'm not very good at math, but, you know, what was that about 30 odd years ago, something like that? Yeah, yeah, thirty-two years ago now. Yeah. I guess getting on. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we're we're all we are all uh, a rich tapestry, and we we yeah. we make a we make incredible um, things in our lives, you know. Yeah, and especially especially those that are creative, and so, you know, I <clears throat> I never stopped making music, and I I made music nope. before that, I made music after that, and I'm still putting out records, and I'm still touring, um, and uh, yeah. It, you know, I try to kind of like, you know, if anybody is actually interested to show them that there is more to me than just the one song. I'm Absolutely. very, very proud of that record. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I, I look back on it with with fondly and, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a great record. And, and it, it went off and, and uh, kind of made its own connections with people, um, which has nothing to do with me in a way. Um mm -hmm. You know, and I get messages from people to say it was, you know, played at my brother's funeral or, or it was, you know, play. It, it was the first dance at my wedding or it was the first record I ever bought or, you know, or you were my mum's yeah. favourite or even worse, your nan's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened, I tell you. It has happened. <laughs> and also it's the go-to karaoke song as well. So have you ever walked into like a pub or a, a nightclub or, you know, nightclub, but, you know, a pub kind of thing or a karaoke? bar and heard somebody singing the one and only like really or, or murdering death. it yeah yes. of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i've had i've had that before for sure <laughs> yeah yeah but no just to say yeah i definitely don't ask that question in the sense to sort of pigeonhole you definitely not oh i know you don't you, as yeah. i said i don't mind um when it when you talk about it in a uh, a respectful um and kind of intellectual way uh, mm -hmm. it's a it's a very different uh conversation and then you know just saying oh what's it like only having one song you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> the difference yeah. difference uh, uh you know energy behind it yeah exactly yeah shut up everybody's horrible <laughs> yeah bugger off you lot <laughs> otherwise, I'm gonna set, otherwise i'm gonna set Gemma on you and yeah. you don't want that believe me right james yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's a fate worse than death i can tell you <laughs> shut up you <laughs> both of you <laughs> um, already, i think you've already almost answered my next question because you've already said like you've had you've had a good you know relationship working with nick kershaw um but obviously the one and only was written by him. Was it ever frustrating for you that you were so heavily linked to someone else, to something that's written by somebody else? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I, I'm such a good friend with, I'm such good friends with Nick. Um, I could never feel any kind of, uh, jealousy or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, towards my friend, 
uh there's so uh, there's so many songs that i you know as a songwriter you wish you'd written <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> one and only is probably one of them you know it's a very very clever song very uh, you know obviously it's um done very well um and it's as a musician uh for those musicians uh, friends out there um it's a very very complicated uh you know different uh song it's not it's not a normal pop song you know it's no. uh it's written in four keys for a start which is unheard of um but classic nick kershaw you know he, he just he, he shows his genius in that song you know anyone that's kind of like says they can just uh work that out and just play it nah <laughs> you, yeah. you've got to know what you're doing with that song you know uh but no it's like uh, there's no frustration there i've written many songs that i'm very proud of um some with nick you know over the years you know we still write songs together i've got a new album coming out which has a couple of nick songs um well, co-written with, with myself anyway um so so no i you know i don't i don't feel any frustration there about that at all i'm I'm very proud of what we what we achieved with that record excellent Good. i mean two two big things that i wanted to say and i'm not blowing smoke as they say which is yes as soon as I, <laughs> no 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 seriously two things when i mentioned that you we had you on as a guest everyone that i mentioned it to because sometimes when you'll say you've got a certain person you can see there's a bit of fake interest oh yeah that'll be great immediately interested that you're on and really happy to hear that we had you on as oh, a guest nice and it's loving nice the song the one and only loving it you know immediately wonderful reaction from people yeah that's uh, nice that, so yeah w well thank you to all those people that said that and if you're listening now hello <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening yeah. yes <laughs> i what i also want to ask you about is primarily we i mean we know you for kind of work within pop music but you were part you know you went into musicals because you you played tony and uh, can't smile without you and i was wondering what are the different you know opportunities and pressures that kind of working in that area compared to pop music yeah i've dabbled in quite a few musicals over the years i've played joseph i've played jesus and godspell i did um the can't smile without you thing um I also did another musical called McGregor's Trap at the Edinburgh Fringe a few years ago. Um, and I've written my own musical as well, um, which is uh, really, really fun. I, I love that process. Um, What's uh, your musical away. called? Sorry. Uh, it's called The One. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not actually, funny enough, we, we were ready to kind of get it, uh, you know, on a stage just before COVID. <laughs> uh, we had it all ready to go and all, then all kind of, I know, the worst timing ever. But yeah. all of the all of the music actually is on my YouTube channel. If anyone's interested, Chesney Hawks Official, there's um, all of the songs from the musical. Uh, I just released them all on, on, um, on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in hearing it there, but yeah. the different—I mean, it's an incredible difference, really. You know, I mean, as far as writing, it, it, you know, w when you're writing a pop song, you really there are certain boundaries, you know, within that box that you have to tick. You know, uh, there are exceptions, <clears throat> of course, but but mainly, um, you know, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight chorus out you know and so yeah. that's kind of the thing you know but with with the musicals you can take those songs and those like song ideas and you can you can morph them into uh, you know other time signatures um you can take a you know an up-tempo song and then you know make it into a you know into a ballad moment or a duet or you know and you can change all sorts of things which is really i i love that you know i i absolutely loved kind of working out of the box a little bit um uh yeah but but actual performing in um in musicals that now that is that is a stress <laughs> depending yeah. on what part you have obviously and i'm always well everything i've done so far in, in musical theater is i've been the lead and so you know you have a lot on your shoulders um the worst for that was uh, playing jesus in godspell because it's just like full on um yeah it's you yeah. almost had to learn another language you know and uh there's never a moment when Jesus is not on stage and uh, uh, he kind of, you know, he, it, it's all to do with his performance and, uh, and uh, you know, there's no, when you're doing, when you're acting, um, you, you normally, you have this back and forth, you know, you have to kind of react to people's um, uh, lines, you know, um, where, whereas with Jesus, like you say your thing and people react to you, but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, that was full on, you know, uh, and you know, a challenge. I like a challenge, um, and you know, all the stuff that I've done um, in musical theatre have have been challenging. Um, you know, for instance, that Barry Manilow musical, I had to, uh, you had to play the the all the the piano parts, and there was like you know thirty odd songs in that. Uh, and uh, he doesn't just play chords, you know. His his piano, his piano playing is sublime, you know. And and uh, you had to learn it in six different keys because that's classic and Barry Manilow. I don't know why I keep working with people that likes to like to <laughs> challenge you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do love the challenge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm g- I'm going to teach something that's entirely different. Is you were in Panto. The, the show, the TV show Panto with John Bishop. How yeah. did that come out? And I loved the the version of yourself that you were playing in that. <laughs> yeah, well, I did Panto with John years and years ago yeah. uh, at the Lowry in Manchester um, before John was famous. Um, and uh, he wasn't even the top comic on the bill. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just started doing stand-up and stuff. But uh, so John and I... We were backstage um, and just watching the madness unfold backstage at Panto. And I don't know if you've spent any time backstage at a Panto, but it's just funny. It is hilarious, you know. I mean, it's just what you witness, you know. And uh, so he had this idea of doing a kind of office-style fly-on-the-wall documentary type of thing um, about Panto, which I thought was a genius idea. And, you know, we were talking it through. And Darren Day was in the uh, the Panto with us. and. Couple of other people, and and we we he kind of like pitched the idea to all of us that you know maybe we'll we'll do something we'll do a little pilot while we're here, you know, and yeah. uh, so literally everyone was like yeah all right you know so <laughs> classic John Bishop like and John this is absolutely why John has made it I think is his tenacity um, he he went off he found you know uh, a little uh, camera crew r- wrote these like kind of vague scripts because it was supposed to be kind of uh you know improv type of thing so vague character assessments of what you were and stuff we are and we we filmed a thing backstage at the actual panto and i remember the the producer at the time was like you can't use anything of the you know out front only backstage you know she was being very kind of like you know you couldn't it's Mm. this is her her world and you can't you know yeah but you know so we could it would have made a better um a better thing actually if we were able to show out front as well but we weren't allowed to so, mm-hmm. uh, so we made this little thing and john's made my character like this very funny kind of it was like me coming coming to his dressing room saying um oh yeah i've got this can i play this little song i don't mean to bother you you know <laughs> and i've just got i've got this new idea for a song and and he's like he played this washed up kind of uh radio dj type of thing you know and he's like uh well i'm just and i just kind of like bundled my way in you know and i say well just have a listen and i just love to know your opinions on it you know and i start playing the song and of course it's the it's the melody to the one and only with different lyrics you know and it's like it's mainly it's me playing but mainly on his face which is kind of like um yeah it's catchy you know it's like yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway so, so but that never you know we made that thing and mm. that never saw the the no. light of day at all in fact that's another thing you could find on my youtube channel actually um and then of course john tried to get somewhere on with it but he wasn't you know famous and i don't know it, it just it just kind of died a death you know but he always kept it in his head and of course since then his career went meteoric and stratospheric and then of course itv bbc sky everyone wants something out of john and he said well i didn't have this little thing and uh we ended up um you know doing it again and uh but it wasn't like a documentary style it ended up being more like a kind of a drama comedy drama and sheridan smith was in it and, and uh i played this very kind of uh funny uh um so, <laughs> it's kind of it was me but like very clumsy me you know like yeah he yeah. had me he had me falling off of stages and you know stuff like that it was very <laughs> very funny and then it ended up uh on itv uh at christmas <laughs> so but from yeah, was, what i hear oh we're not very good. We're not very good with Zoom. Sorry, we don't yeah. normally have to. <laughs> we don't normally talk all over each other. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say, um, having listened because I know you were saying about the podcast earlier, um, that having listened to um the podcast that you do, the Ferguson Harrington Hawk, isn't it? Um, yeah. or Hawks? 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's right. Get the guest name wrong. Yeah, that's, How my, that's, that? my, that's my last name in case you didn't know. <laughs> Just in case, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've covered on there that you actually are quite clumsy. So actually your description then was was you, wasn't it? <laughs> it kind of was me. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to get away from it, but there's no way I can. Yeah. No. I am a clumsy bastard. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had John as a guest on, uh, we yeah. did it live at the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, John came on as a guest at uh, one of those shows. It's great fun. Yes. Yeah, I've literally like, sort of binge listened to all of them because I. Uh, oh yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> so I am your number two fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that you've done the research. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, also, just a bit of a twist on a question now. So, um, as an Englishman in a, in LA, whoa, whoa, you know, like in, like Englishman, Englishman in LA. In LA. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, uh, have you noticed many cultural differences between America and Britain? Oh, so many. So, yeah. so, so many. I mean, there's there's the obvious things that are like the cultural reference points. You know, nobody knows what Only Fools and Horses is and, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, uh, where, you know, you'll probably say, you know, say, don't be such a plonker, Rodney, or something to someone. And then we're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, this sports thing is, is weird. You know, I'm, I'm a big uh, football man and, uh, you know, you have to find the people that follow the premiership, the premiership, you know, yeah. the soccer, <laughs> to, to kind of, yeah. soccer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where you have, that's, you know, that's, that's the only way you can kind of, you know, talk football or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there's all sorts of, uh, different things, you know, between being uh, here and, and living in, in England. Um, there's a, there's a definite, uh, sense of humor uh that is very very different like you know we like to kind of take the piss out of each other in a kind yeah. of loving way you know yeah. um there's a lot of kind of more irony uh in in england that uh sometimes goes over over americans heads um but um yeah. not not because they're, they're not funny i mean I've got, I've got so many amazing american friends that are hilarious and uh you know totally get it totally get the english humor and stuff um but you know, you do find that there's a little sense of humour bypass with some of yes. Americans. I find, oh, yeah. I find kind of a little bit annoying. You know, uh, I, I, you, you just find yourself kind of like I don't know, editing yourself sometimes because yeah. you know, my wife, my wife's American, fun enough, and so she, um, she, you know, I'll be at like the checkout at the local supermarket, and I'll just say something silly, and she's like. You just can't do that here, Jess. <laughs> 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 You like take it the wrong way and and uh, formal, you know, lodge a formal complaint or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny, and I I miss kind of like the, I know the green and pleasant land. You know, um, yeah. It's uh, it's it is very very different. It really is. Yeah. I bet you don't miss the freezing cold temperatures though. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that is true. That that is one great thing about uh, living in Los Angeles is you you're pretty much guaranteed sunshine. Yes, yeah, because that's that's what I keep hearing about. What is this sun thing? Uh, yeah, you know? I know. I know. <laughs> well, my friend Gary Clark, uh, he uh, he said uh, he said to me, never trust anywhere where the sun always shines. Yes. Take that as you will. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to take it to that next level, but oh, I won't, I won't. that'll be good. <laughs> and um, also going, obviously, you're going to the fact that your wife is American. On the 4th of July, do you get locked out of the house? Because obviously it's Independence <laughs> oh, because Day. because I'm a, a colonial, you mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they let me in, but oh. I do... <laughs> I do kind of get my, I do do the, the taking the piss moments, you know, mm -hmm. which hopefully they get. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like me when I walk, when I go to the Super Bowl with, you know, friends over here and I'm like, right, who's ready for the big handball game? <laughs> 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 the room goes silent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I never understand why they call soccer uh, well, they don't call soccer football, you know, because over in a, over here we call it like obviously football, and then we call it American football for the American yeah. version. Like they could just call. I it. think they should just change it to handball. Yep. Yeah, because that's or, what it is. 
<laughs> they very rarely use their feet. No. <laughs> I think on both occasions, I think they should just be called Fully Downy Sports. <laughs> now and that was spoken cut. like a true bird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't stand football or sport in general, but you know, <laughs> I will be a girl. <laughs> Um, so obviously in your lifetime, uh, you know, well, well, most of it that I've got here, but not all he's of it. Not he's not dead. I know he's not dead. <laughs> Rumours of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> However, on your tombstone, no, no, we won't joke about that because that isn't even funny. So no. Um, so you've been worshipped on Big Brother, you know. Um, I have, yeah, yeah. You've nearly took part in Dancing on Ice. You've uh, done Celebrity Master Chef. Played yourself on Hollyoaks, which is always probably a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Performed um, with the England team. Obviously, that was in. Guitar, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm dyslexic as well, so I'm trying to remember how to say things at the same time. Um, and most importantly, recently, you've bounced on a uh, podcaster's bed at the Michael McIntyre's um, big show. <laughs> That's just recently yes. aired. <laughs> yes. Well, I've got two questions. Is there anything you can't do, first of all? <laughs> and have you got any funny stories behind any of those experiences as well? Uh, well, my wife would definitely say I can't dance. So okay. you know, hence, why, hence why I've never been... Uh, you know, associated with uh, Strictly, but never say never, you know, it would definitely be an arc. Yeah, um, although you did so, do, uh, uh, did near enough do Dancing on Ice until you broke uh, broke your ankle, wasn't it? Was yeah, I, was good at the, I was good at the skate, the skating. I wasn't so good at the dance part. Ah, uh, okay. I, so, to be fair, yeah. I couldn't do either. No, <laughs> well, it'd be two ankles with me. Well, you you would you would learn. Um, it is amazing what you can do uh, when you put your mind to to things. That or the one, th you know, one of the great things about taking on a challenge like this, uh, like that, is you do get taught the most amazing things by the most amazing people. And and dancing on ice was an incredible experience for me. Uh, met some really fabulous people, like really really salt the earth lovely people and and i include um you know jane and chris in that they're really lovely um and you know i i i got onto the ice and couldn't even move you know and uh towards towards the end like to, you know when we we're actually going to do the show i was actually really good i was like mm -hmm. you know lifting girls above my head whilst skating and shit, like you know twisting and jumping and stuff i was like this is crazy i can't believe you can actually do this but that's the that's the beauty of it you know you get taught these things i did another show called the games um yeah I remember where, that. yeah where you learned uh like olympic disciplines like uh high diving for a good example like you, you know when you first turn up for your first diving lesson you know yeah they make you they make you go up to the 10 meter board and all of us uh we just kind of crawled along the the uh uh, diving board had kind of looked over the edge. It's like, there's no effing way I am even <laughs> jumping off of that, let alone diving off of that. Are you kidding? And, um, you know, by the end of the two, you know, three or four months, whatever it was, the training, you're doing inward tucks off a 10 meter board. <laughs> it's just like, wow. it's astonishing what you can do. Um, if you really, uh, you know, put, put yourself to something and like, you know, and if you do it every day, if you do something every day, uh, you're going to get better at it, you know, and that's what happened with all of these things. Um, you know, the skating is is a great example of that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's also, the, yes, I have probably a million stories. I just don't even know where to start with these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, that's um, the, with the recent thing. Obviously, you um, took part in Michael McIntyre's big show. So what, what was that like? Because obviously that that's I've forgotten what the segment's called, but it's like basically he wakes up somebody in the middle of the night and then um, just asks yeah, cool. loads of questions and has guests appear all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's called Midnight Game Show. Oh, and, that's it, yeah. uh, we surprised Chris Ramsey, who's a comedian and uh, and podcaster, as you said. He do, he does yeah. this podcast called Shagged, Shagged Married Annoyed, which okay. is brilliant, by the way. If any of your listeners want to check it out, it's really fun. It's just him yeah. and his wife. Uh, and yeah, so Michael um, woke him up in the middle of the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, and we're all there 
like all sorts of weird i've done it a couple of times actually and it was and this one i i had uh i had a hairy biker i had a ufc <laughs> champion uh we had a one of the girls the dancers from uh strictly um God, i can't remember who else was there but uh, i've you know and then three darth vaders <laughs> <laughs> this very random bunch of weird kind of conglomeration of people all kind of walking up the walking up the the, the uh driveway and being really quiet with all, with all the film crew and everything else it's like shh everyone be quiet you know because it's all done it literally is done at two in the morning you know and then michael bursts in on them and then they do this kind of uh mad game show and so i found myself you know bouncing on the bed with chris and rosie ramsey which was great fun <laughs> i've stayed in contact with chris he's a lovely man oh and thankfully he'd put his um trousers on by then as well hadn't he so <laughs> yeah because i think that's one of the first things he said to rosie was i can't believe you made me go to bed naked because <laughs> it was her that put him up put them up to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> funny um and i suppose also is there any sort of shows that you would like to sort of take part in as well Oh, well, I just take any everything that that comes to me um, as it comes to me. Really, uh, uh, you know, obviously people talk about the jungle. Um, possibly, yeah. we'll see how that goes. I've, I actually, you know, I've thought about that one. Um, I quite like challenge me. So we'll mm. see. We'll see. Uh, Strictly would be a, a a real challenge, as I said, because I've definitely got two left feet. I I would not be a winner. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be You'd more be like Todd Carty in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, dancing on ice you know yeah i'd be a trier uh, yeah i'd be very trying to whoever is my partner <laughs> I, again i can understand i'd have exactly the same problem i don't think i'd i think they'd probably just take one look at me after one attempt to go no can't work with this one out no whenever whenever i've done like uh you know um musical theater like we talked about earlier on mm -hmm. every time i get to to spend some time with um with a choreographer, but you know, as we start in rehearsals, I always, I always go up to them and say, "Look, you're gonna have your hands really. You're gonna, you're gonna have your hands cut out for, with this with me, you know." So, <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, um, it's not gonna be easy with me. <laughs> and they all, and always, every single time, they're like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll get this together. It'll be fine." <laughs> and then when it actually comes to teaching me stuff, they're like. You weren't joking, were you? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I told you. That's it. Yeah. So God forbid. <laughs> um, and in the noughties, so obviously the noughties, um, you did a tour around different schools in the UK. One of those was actually my school. Um, it's Budmouth Technology College in Weymouth. Um, so Weymouth and Dorset. Um and unfortunately, I missed it because I had glandular fever. Everyone go, ah, oh, no, oh, no. without kissing anyone. I'm sure you're oh. over it now. <laughs> no, <He's> not, I, no, <laughs> no, I am got a soundtrack. I needed you guys to do it for me. Um, <laughs> no, so basically, I had glandular fever, but I'd never actually kissed anyone, so I don't know how I got it. So I got the kissing disease without getting without it. kissing. <laughs> no osmosis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was also just wondering, like, what the visit was sort of in aid of, really. Goodness me. Uh, Sorry, passing you back to was, uh, no. It's just like uh, casting my mind back twenty mm. years. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a record out at the time, and my manager was like, "Yeah, you, there's this thing called a schools tour, and uh, you go around playing to." to school children and mm -hmm. uh uh you answer questions about the music industry and and you play a few songs and then you be on your merry way it was weird because uh i actually did it with um with another band uh like they were a real kind of like rock and roll kind of you know drinking and staying out all night type of guys and um yeah they had a band called manor i don't forget and then i did my little bit and and it was tough because they were so rock and roll. And of course, we had to get up early every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I had to drag them out of bed at like 9 a.m., you know, just to get them to the school. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the weirdest tour ever. I do remember that. And, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, travel lodge to travel lodge up and down the country playing at 9 a.m. Uh, to a bunch of school kids, you know. It's kind of an, an odd odd little moment in in time, that was. But um, yeah. but I enjoyed it. It was really cool. And, and some of the questions were great. And, uh, 
you know it was and the kids were young too i think they were kind of like you know early teens uh, or early kind of maybe 11 12 13 you know so it was yeah it was uh it was an interesting interesting idea for a tour and i still i think they still do it i, th- I think that still happens oh that's a good thing then i yeah. suppose it's good to sort of educate people isn't it because like if if there's sort of young people in that audience that are looking to sort of go down the line that you've done you know you can sort of maybe answer a few of their questions or give them a few tips or whatever or you know yeah i guess so and that's yeah. I, that's what i did completely yeah yeah and yeah. um also i saw that you performed in sun abyss in order to raise money for your friend that was struggling with cancer yes as well yeah so um well i I, I won't ask too much about that you know if it's a sad subject but um i was gonna say how did it actually go and also the next time that you're in dorset if you want to just meet up with a cup of tea and a pint you know i'm I'm free so (laughs) i was there last week i was back in san abbas last week yeah visiting my mate vic who you just talked about oh so good Uh, he he owns the uh san abbas brewery Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so if, if you uh, if you ever fancy a, a pint, uh, that is the drop of the gods. The Sir yeah. Abbas Brewery. They just they just uh, entered to a, 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 a camera um, a competition, and they came first, second, and third. So that that is how good their good. their beer is. Yeah. They're amazing. It's it's incredible. So yeah, I did uh, I did that show uh, for them. Uh, it was such an amazing. Day. I literally performed yeah. in a barn, you know, a huge barn. It was like thousand people there, whatever. And uh, uh, we raised a lot of money for Vic, and he managed to get himself a uh, oxygen tent, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> uh, you know, and and further his uh, alternative treatment, which is still going, still ongoing. And um, yeah, you'd be pleased to know he's doing well and in good spirits. Yep. And uh, you know, we're thinking about maybe doing another one next year for him. So uh, oh, well, they yeah, watch this space. Yes, yes, absolutely. So don't worry, I'm not a scary stalker. Um, but you know, I think we're best friends now. We've been on a podcast together. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll pop in next time I'm down to down yeah. the <laughs> I'm sure my mum will make you a cup of tea, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you also did university tours. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I that was all the same time yeah. around around I the missed kind of... you. <laughs> Oh, well, you did. Uh, so, yeah, you, but... so did you have glandular fever as well? Is this a, uh, <laughs> well, Paul, no, no. Unfortunately, I was uh, I was on the later intake, so I was doing a tour. It's when I was at Hull, I was at Hull University. I was doing a tour yeah. of the grounds, and one of your posters was up, and it was like, "Damn, wait a minute, Chesney Hawks has been. I missed it." So yeah, yeah. No, I did a lot of them in the, around that turn of the century, kind of. Uh, time um all through the the noughties i was I, I pretty much played every student union um up and down the country it was amazing that was good times yeah and i'm hoping you got a very good re- reaction because oh i did yeah yeah it, absolutely amazing it was uh, that was some of my funnest touring experiences you know <laughs> my brother's my drummer and uh you know we we, we were part of many a survivor picture <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I can definitely believe that. Actually, oh yeah. Um, so, with regard to kind of like interaction with fans, what's been your most memorable interaction with fans, both positive and negative? Oh, well, I mean, I've I've had everything you could possibly imagine. You know, um, I remember one one girl came up to me and um, flung her arms around around my my neck. I was in Covent Garden. He just literally came up to me and flung her arms around and said, I thought you were dead. Thanks. So, I mean, you know, I've had everything like that kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, nice it's, in it, a sense. At least they were yeah, happy to see you. I mean, didn't really know what to say, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, that really tickled me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> With tears in her eyes. No, no, that wasn't me. Perhaps you're thinking of someone else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But so many stories, so many things have happened over the years, you know, and friends. People are funny, aren't they? You know, now it's yeah. the queerest folk, I guess. <laughs> no, Very <true>. exactly. <laughs> and have you ever, because obviously, you know, get when you were getting, you know, you, you're in the, the business you're in, but have you personally ever been starstruck meeting people? Yeah, it, it doesn't happen very often, um, but it has happened a couple of times. My my my, my worst uh, 
experience of of getting starstruck with someone was um meeting ben folds he's uh i don't know if you uh, know who he is in a band in the band in the 90s called ben folds five and yeah he's an incredible solo artist and and one of my favorites ever an amazing piano player and songwriter uh, a bit of an underground kind of you know people not not everyone know him know him but he's he's amazing and if you don't then you need to go and do a deep dive on ben folds okay you're gonna love yourself he's incredible and so (laughs) i I was on a flight with my wife and kids uh from la to chicago i think it was and to go and visit my wife's parents and he was on the flight and of course i was all giggly school girly with and uh my wife was like look at you i've never seen you like this i was like i know i know but it's ben folds <laughs> and so i found myself standing in the light in the queue uh behind, in front of him and i just turned around and i was like I know this is really silly and crazy, but you've heard it a million times and I know what it's like. And I, I kind of bumbled through to it and I said, can I get a photo with you? And uh, <laughs> so I've got a photo of me and Ben Folds somewhere. <laughs> he was very, very nice. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> you recently took a photo with Robbie Williams as well, didn't you? Yeah, Rob and I go back years. I mean, yeah. they, he, they supported me in the early days. Ah, there you go. So, but I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> seen him for a while. He did, he actually moved here to LA, and we saw each other a couple of times. But it's God, it had to be fifteen years since I've seen him. Um, and uh, yeah, we bumped into each other. Funnily enough, in Qatar again, he was playing there, and uh, yeah, we just bumped into each other there, and and uh, we're like, right, that's it. Now we have to see each other, so we bumped into each other here in LA again, and uh, yeah, we've stayed in contact. He's he's a good boy. Yeah. What was the experience of Qatar like as well, by the way? Because we never really got onto that. So, yeah, it was obviously. amazing. I got to, you know, I'm a big football fan. So I, I got to mm-hmm. perform in a stadium for a start, which first time I've done that in 30 years. And um, got to meet all my heroes, uh, get pictures with Phil Foden and, uh, you know, Declan Rice and and Jack Grealish, which was great. And, uh, uh, I mean, it was an amazing experience. You know, I'd never been, I'd never even attended a World Cup game before, you know, so to, just, to, just to be there was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And out of interest, when you were saying about, you know, it'd been the first time you performed in that kind of arena for a while, um, do you still get fear when you do a performance? Not really. You still get the trep, you don't have the, tre- the trepidation sort of panic beforehand. Not really. Uh, it depends. The only time I get nervous is if if I if I'm not um, comfortable with the sound, like you know, if mm. the sound check hasn't been great or whatever, and you know, uh, no. But th- these days, no, I I I just let's get on with it. You know, what's the worst could happen? <laughs> I mean, I've had everything possible um, happen on a stage at some point in my life, and uh, you know, I'm still alive. It's like <laughs> it's only entertainment at the end of the day, and you know, if people understand when things go wrong. Um, if you forget a few lyrics here and there or you fall over it, or your amp blows up, then you just make something of it and get on with it and have a laugh about it. You know, yeah. that's that's it. What could possibly what possibly could happen on on a stage that is so worth you getting wound up so much so that you get sick? You know, it's like, forget it. Just get out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy yourself yeah definitely and that's it you have to enjoy it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if you're not enjoying it then the people out there watching you are not going to be enjoying watching you believe me no yeah definitely okay. um sorry i've also noticed that we've been rambling on for quite a while and i do apologize yeah already. i do have to go actually guys it's 10 past already so I, i'm gonna i've got to okay. go off and do my podcast fun enough yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, no, probably, I'm probably actually getting uh you know, sorry, messages. I got so carried, it got so carried away that I actually just looked over at the clock and I was like, "Oh crap, sorry." <laughs> can I ask? It's a all couple- good. Yeah, can I ask a couple of listener questions and then um, then we move? Yeah. Is that sure? All- Make them quick. <laughs> okay, don't worry. <laughs> I'll just ask the one then. Um, so uh, this is from Gary Azaro, um, and. He's asking, I believe that at the time of Buddy's song, Roger Daltrey of The Who, obviously, uh, was recorded as saying that he wanted the young Chesney to play him if they ever made a film of his life. Is that true? And if so, would you still consider playing an older version of Roger now? Um, 
I don't remember him saying that, funnily oh, enough. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but but it's in, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I if that if that came up, then sure, uh, I would definitely be interested. I don't think I look much like him, though, is the only thing. It's like if you're playing someone that's, uh, you know, historically famous, uh, I think I feel like you need to look a bit like him. I don't, yeah. know, if, I don't know if I, I really, li- I don't have the curly hair, you know. If, so, but if you can embody him and if I could embody know, Rod, yeah, part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I I love his vocals, and I mean, I'd love to try and. Uh, that'd be fun recreating those early who, who days, wouldn't it? <laughs> Swinging the microphone around, and you know, and uh, avoiding smashing guitars over your head and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'd I'd love the challenge of, of that, but uh, you know, whether he still feels the same way, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and. If I can ask just one more question, because otherwise my mum might kill me. Um, she she wanted me to ask, how did you meet your wife? And if you want to tell us the story of how you met your wife very quickly. Uh, it's it's kind of a an not particularly interesting story. We met in a uh, pub on the 4th of July in 1995. And for some reason, my wife and her very good friend uh, decided to celebrate 4th of July because they're American in, in London mm-hmm. <laughs> they were decided to um uh, celebrate in this kind of crappy little pub in West London and I was just there uh supporting my friend who was playing guitar and it was literally him my friend Miles uh two men in flat caps and a Jack Russell and then these two beautiful <laughs> women just American girls <laughs> walked in and that was it I mean she was moved in within two months and uh we've wow. been together ever since and yeah Oh, see, sometimes it's the simplest ways is the perfect place. Yeah, met in a pub. Met in a pub. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Chesney, we're going to let you go now. But um, before you do go, have you got anything that you would like to promote or um, any social media or whatever like that? I mean, you know, I think we've covered everything, guys. So I've got a new album coming out uh, this year soon, so look out for that. But any, if anybody's interested in coming and see me live or anything or the, the podcast or whatever, just mm-hmm. chesneyhawks.com. Uh, that's the galactic central point for all things Chesney. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Well, we're really sorry. I literally, like I said, I just looked at the clock and I went, oh, crap. I'm so yeah. sorry. So It's all right. It's yeah. all good. I enjoyed it too and missed the time as well. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank yes, you thank so. you. No, it's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. Have a good day. Good Bye. luck, guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Oops. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot then. Oh, but never mind. Should we, should we kill the recorder? No, I'm just going to take us oh, out. Right. A oh, minute. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. So, so take whoopsie. us out. <laughs> take Sorry. us out. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> like to, I'd like to just say a big apology to yes. um to Ferguson Harris uh, Harrington um of Ferguson Harrington Hawks. If we did keep Chesney then for a little bit longer than we should have, sorry. But uh, sorry. I really sorry, enjoyed guys. that interview. So thank you ever so much for Chesney for being our guest this week, and uh, he's such a lovely chap, and I'm sure he knows that anyway. But uh, James. I think we've been talking enough Codswallop this week. I have been Gemma. I definitely think we've been talking enough Codswallop, and the sad thing is we probably could have gone talking many more hours of Codswallop. I think so, Chesney, yeah. <laughs> but we took away uh, from what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, yes. But, <laughs> yeah, thank you again so much for uh, to him for being on. It has been a wonderful experience, and I would agree we have been talking enough Codswallop this one. I have been James. Uh, okay, we're... And I've been Gemma. I guess we're switching um, the the, the uh, rows now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Keeps on your toes, you see. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does, even though I'd already done it. But yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>